Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, this is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I know, you know, we know why. I know, you know, we know why. You feeling my baseline, feeling my, feeling my baseline. You feeling my baseline, you feeling, you feeling my baseline. All right, welcome in to That Being Said Podcast, episode 527 with myself, Sammy Georgeur. And with me today, of course, is George Arjour. How are you doing, Sam? We're doing good. Um, that being said, podcast brought to you by Son Sports. This is Sports on Tap. Uh, exciting day. We have our guest, Arthur Poo, with us today. You can find him on Instagram at SparkArthur. That's S-P-A-R-K and Arthur, A-R-T-H-U-R. Um, he's killing it on Instagram. 14.5 thousand followers. I see you, Arthur. Uh, how are you doing today? crazy man crazy past 24 hours in the nba and uh you know can't be um more excited to talk about hoops on the final day of the regular season man it's been a great week of hoops for sure yeah it's been wild and i mean i did see a uh, bleach report uh tweet i think it was early this morning it was talking about everything that happened in the nba last night and it was just kind of listing out like this happened, that happened. I have it here, I think. It was Magic steps down as Laker president. D-Wade, drop, uh, D-Wade drops 30 in final home game. Dirk announces retirement, drops 30. Jamal Crawford had 50, being the oldest player to do so. Paul George hit a game winner. Lakers lose at the buzzer on this weird, weird day. It all happened last night. Yeah, uh, Arthur, it's kind of crazy. Like We actually thought the NBA was kind of dying down right here at the end of the season. There's no storylines. It's like it all came at one time. I mean, it's been like two weeks of nothing and then all in one night. And then the way ma- – this gets to magic really quick, man. Like what the fuck just happened there? Like he just literally quit in the middle of a press conference, didn't tell anyone. And I don't know if you saw the quote with him when he was like – Oh yeah, we're all talking about next season, and I'm just like sitting there and like, ah, I'm not gonna be there next year. Like, this has to be the most weird and dysfunctional story of the season, right? Oh, most definitely. <laughs> and I love how you brought like, you know, it's like, ah, you know, I'm not gonna be there next season. That's honestly exactly <laughs> what like I feel like that's like the thing that you say when you're done with that group project. Yeah. And like you're like that's the final project, you know, and you're like, ah, I'm not gonna be in this class anymore, you know. Um, like, I don't care what's going on anymore. Don't worry about it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I think, honestly, it's just, yeah, you know, that Bleacher Report tweet, I was just looking at it right before, uh, you know, hopped on the show. And, you know, people forget, you know, Donovan Mitchell scored 46 to, um, you know, it's, yeah, like, it's just, it was just super crazy, man. Like, crazy, crazy night in the association um, to really just be able, like, to, to follow, too, you know. Derek dropped the bomb. He dropped his own news. He, like, he dropped his own Woj bomb of retiring. Yeah. I mean, we kind of saw it coming, but, like, that was, I was like, dang, like, that's making me feel older than, uh, <laughs> you know, 
Yeah, it's like our generation of players are finally like swaying away outside of LeBron. He's still here. He's yeah. got her, but he's still here. Other than him, like this generation of players is like Carmelo couldn't find a job this year. You have Dwayne Wade leaving, Dirk leaving. Obviously, like Kobe growing up, he's gone already. Kind of all the guys are outside of Vince Carter, who's not, you know, he's just playing on bad teams to stick around in mentor kids. And then LeBron, like everybody from when we're growing up is kind of out of the league. No, yeah, most definitely. And, um, you know, like, it's just it's just sad to see, like, you know, all these players leaving because, yeah, these were a childhood, you know. Yeah. Um, and now it's just like, <laughs> dang, we really feel old with this, uh, um, this like, new wave of players. But, I mean, the, the future of the league is bright, and I'm excited for it. Um, I agree. But, yeah, I mean, with, like, all these uh, moments last night, which one was your favorite? Like, which one were your personal favorites? Ooh, that's a good question. I like that, George. That's a good question. But I just want to mention, uh, Arthur, as a, now I'm 31 years old, and I got to say, man, like when I see someone like Dwayne Wade, what's Dwayne Wade, 35? Right? 35, Yeah, when you see someone like him retiring, like his career is over, and like yours is just getting started, it's like, whoa. It's so <laughs> you, you kind of feel old and young at the same time. Like, yeah, you're 35 years old, man. What are you retiring for? <laughs> you know? But, but I got to say my favorite moment had to be – just well, so a little backstory. I lived in Miami for a few years. Like right, like the, I actually moved there the same year LeBron joined the Heat, and I actually moved the year LeBron left the Heat too. So like following LeBron, I, so I was kind of there for the whole entire thing. And just seeing Dwayne Wade retire had to be like in his last game, and the way you know the crowd was, you know, responding to him, and the way. You know, he connects to that city. That had to be my favorite moment. And probably, I mean, and when he fell off the scores table just for comedic purposes. But um, I don't know if you saw his tweet this morning. He was like, oh, uh, when I fell off the scores table, my knee hurt. I knew it was really actually time for me to retire. <laughs> <laughs> no, I did not see that tweet, but I saw the fall and, you know, I was like, dang. <laughs> yeah, like, it's really time for him. I, I, uh, yeah, I actually. I loved the Dwayne Wade moments because I think it is really interesting, and and I did love how they, you know, the city put his arm around him, and it's interesting. I feel like people just kind of forget that he, um, I don't know, kind of just left Miami because of money reasons, and you know, had his weird little stint in Chicago and then in Cleveland, and then it was like, all right, back to Miami, like I never left. Most of these guys actually, like the Dirks and the Kobe's and the Tim Duncan's, like actually never left. And I just feel like with Dwayne Wade, we almost pretend like he never left, but he actually did. So, so it's kind of interesting. I feel like we forget or we try to pretend like it never happened. Like, well, let's just erase that and just say he's a heat lifer. Yeah. It, it's like having uh, that like one moment with like Hakeem Olajuwon on the Raptors and like, uh, what is it called? Uh, Patrick Ewing on the Magic. Yeah. It's like people forget and Carl Malone on the Lakers too. Like people forget that happened. But it happened, and it's just like, whoa, like, this is, like, weird. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, especially it's, like, even weirder to see people with, like, a Malone Lakers jersey. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, it's just like, whoa, like, it's like a weird kind of, like, it's like, it seems like an alternate universe. Yeah, like, like why'd that happen? What's going on? Yeah. And I, that's yeah. where, uh, yesterday, I think I was looking to post something about Dwayne Wade. I was making a picture, and I Googled Dwayne Wade. And the first thing I saw was a Dwayne Wade Chicago picture. And I was just like, holy shit. Like, I forgot about that. Like, he played for the Bulls. And then you just kind of completely forget that happened. Especially because of how, 
I think Miami wrapped his arm, their arms back around Dwayne Wade. Like, all right, fine. Let's pretend like that didn't happen. There was no breakup. Let's just get back together. Let's not forget the Cleveland days. I mean, geez, he was in Cleveland for a little bit. Got fat. And it was such a locker locker room. I don't know if it was a cancer or just him and LeBron decided to run everything. He had to. They, they couldn't wait to ship him out of town. It's wild. Um, yeah. Well, it, well, my favorite moment. Oh, actually, first, what was your favorite moment from last night? And then I'm going to get into mine because it's Magic Johnson, so we can touch on that a little bit. But what was your favorite moment? <laughs> um, you know, I think last night's. Uh, you know, of course, of course, Dirk and D Wade. Um, you know, after like, you know, going back home at the end of the night and just like scrolling through Instagram, you know, seeing all the uh, farewells, you know, Dirk yeah. addressing his home crowd for the final time, Dwayne Wade addressing the like the home crowd for the final time. It like, you know, it, it really hit. I'm like, dang, like this really hit home for me because, you know, yeah, those are again the players that we grew up with growing up. And, but I think my favorite moment was, um, you know, watching the Thunder and the Rockets battle it out. You know, those two teams are. I mean, the Rocket, uh, the Rockets have been some of the best, like one of the best teams since maybe December. Mm-hmm. And you know, for them to really uh, fight a struggling Thunder team, and you know, the Thunder of course took the W because of Paul George. Um, but the fact that we're so close to the playoffs, and you know, a game like that happened literally a few days before. And again, this, these two teams might match up in yeah. the first round. It's kind of a cool idea of like, wow, th- yeah. this could be exciting, just like the playoffs. Yeah, exactly. And it's like, whoa, like playoffs are really right around the corner. And this exactly was like, a, you know, really showed like that playoff atmosphere. And I think, but I think the biggest one was um, on this season. Uh, I was actually looking up a stat um, last, this past last night after the game. And they said uh, for the first eight seasons, Paul George did not have a single game winner, like oh. or like a, a go-ahead bucket in the last ten seconds of like a regulation or overtime. And this season alone, he has four. Oh, wow. And I was like, whoa! Like yeah. that's like I think you know, like remember a few years ago how he had like the Gatorade commercial, mm-hmm. like. <laughs> And like people are giving him like crap. About I remember him. that. Like you've never hit a game winner or a big shot, and he had a Gatorade yeah, commercial exactly. about like hitting a game winner and celebrating it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but like really way to turn around a narrative and like <laughs> I was like, wow, like that's crazy. Four shots. Yeah, yeah, that's a lot in one year. That is a lot. Uh, and you know, uh, the one thing I actually took out of that game, and I. I mean, I've always been kind of a critic of Russell Westbrook and how I feel like he he's not self aware of the decisions he makes, and you and I, I just feel like ninety percent of the time, uh, Russell Westbrook when he was dribbling the ball down there would have tried to force the shot himself. I, I actually which he thought, did the possession before, which he did. Uh, yeah, he did the <laughs> possession before, but I thought it was huge that he gave up that shot for Paul George. I mean. Uh, this team, if if Russell Westbrook would take, I'm not saying a huge backseat, but if he will realize he's not the go-to option offensively for this team in the playoffs, I think they could actually win a first-round series. I, I really do. So I, I just thought it was a huge, huge, um, you know, indication of Russell Westbrook kind of realizing that. I mean, and who knows? Maybe like the first game of the playoffs, he doesn't pass the ball once and <laughs> turns it over 10 times you never know of Russ but I just thought that was huge that he gave up the ball to 
Paul George to actually, you know, take that last shot. I, I don't know what you think about that. And do you think that Russell Westbrook would actually give up the ball and take a backseat in the playoffs a little bit? You know, I think that's kind of an interesting. Yeah, that's a great question, actually. Um, you know, just because you got two All-Stars and, you know, the fact that PG, you know, like turn around his like narrative of not being clutch. Like now you got to like, like, oh, dude, dude, like this, this guy has four game winners this season alone. Like, I mean, if this is last year, easily you got to give it to Russ because he's like the number one option. But this year, you know, seeing Paul George emerge as, you know, I mean, for a quick moment, I, I still think he's in this conversation myself, but, you know, he's like in the MVP conversation, uh, easily top 10. Uh, if not game. top five. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, definitely top, top like three in terms of two-way players, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, it's just interesting to see, like, yeah, Paul George, he can lock you up on one end and get buckets on the other end, you know, and he's like one of the best to do it right now in the league. Um, but I'm glad you feel the same way I do about that, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, uh, but yeah, this question, you know, Russell Westbrook or Paul George, who do you give the last shot to? I mean, honestly, I think it really depends, but, like, I mean, I would give it to Paul George, like, you know, just because he has, you know, he, he's a hot hand this season. Yeah. You know. And just a better scoring but, option in general. Yeah. And uh, I think he, I think he has a smoother jump shot, um, and, you know, compared to Russell Westbrook, I think Russell Westbrook's shot selections are very, you know, tricky. Um, but also de- depends on, like, how much time you've got on the clock, too. Uh, you know, if you got five seconds, okay, yeah, it doesn't really matter who gets the ball. And as long as they, you know, get a good shot, get a good quality look. But if it's, like, three seconds, then I definitely give it to Paul George just because, like, he has a split jump shot. Russ just kind of just throws it up. Yeah, um, Russ is yeah, one of those guys that I feel like can always – you know, he, like during a game type of guy, it's very, you know, he can put his head down, drive to the hole, create, do those type of things. He's not necessarily that kind of guy that is as much of a, okay, two seconds on the clock, catch and step back, shoot a three, right? Like there's different types of players. Like even you go back to LeBron, game seven, game LeBron's a drive to the hole, power type of player, you know, slow on the court, not slow, but likes to take his time to find a shot. Even Game 7 of the NBA Finals gives it to Kyrie. Kyrie's more of the dribble-dribble, step-back, knock-down-to-three type of shooter. And I think Russell's maybe starting to realize being the best player doesn't mean I have to be ball-dominant and shoot every shot. Being the best player could also be be self-aware on the court, be the guy that understands who's the best player to pass it to in certain situations. And I think Westbrook is realizing this now unfortunately it might be a little too late because he lost kd and i don't think paul george and westbrook can win a championship i think they can get close i don't think they have obviously the same amount of chance with kd though so it's kind of unfortunate he's learning it later in his career but i just think that's that's the thing he's learning to be the best player doesn't mean you always have to take the shot it means being the best overall player you know being self-aware yeah i think yeah, i agree with that too um just because you know, I think for Russ, that mentality has really changed because he, he realized he's not getting any younger. Um, and a lot of these players, they don't really realize that until, like, later on in their careers. I feel like, you know, Kobe even, too, you know, he realized he can't do it himself. If yeah. he wants to get to the mountaintop, he, you know, he can't do it himself. he got to get help. 
I mean, and that's what the Lakers did. They ended up going out, getting Pau Gasol, you know, uh, Ron Artest, to really help him uh, get back up to the top. You know, um, I mean, the Thunder team is a lot different, but you can kind of see how they're trying to build around their star, too. You know, they got in Dennis Schroeder. They brought in Marcus, or not Marcus, uh, Marquise Morris. Yeah. Guys like that um, to, you know, really complement their star. And, uh, you know, of course, Paul George as well. Um, I mean, I don't know if they can re- they can beat the Warriors or Rockets, but, you know, after watching last night, I mean, they can definitely take on the Rockets in the seven-game series. Yeah. Um, and maybe even give them the challenge to the Warriors. But, yeah, I mean, it's going to be a fun playoffs regardless because, uh, you know, Russ, PG, you know, both of them are – to the best players in the league. I still don't understand why Russ is, like, considered overrated. You guys saw that player's poll, right? Yeah. I understood the Draymond part, but I don't understand the, the Russell part. Uh, I, I kind of do. I, I'll give you – George is the resident Westbrook and Harden hater, so I'll let him <laughs> explain his side. Uh, it's not that I, I – I, look, I think he's slightly overrated by the media because I think the media uh, – in general, we look at stats as the be-all, end-all. And, I, I mean, whether or not you like Russell Westbrook or not, it seems like a lot of times he does chase stats over quality shots. He knows when there, he has eight assists or nine assists to get it, and he wants to get a triple-double. It just – that I think – we, I mean, it doesn't mean he's not a good player or a great player. Or, he's obviously a Hall of Fame player. But it – when I think when people th- say he's overrated, I think players know that. I think players do realize, oh, Russ sta- chases stats and the media gets enamored with stats and the whole triple-double thing. So I think players do find him a little bit overrated just because he's because of the stats. Now, th- th- I don't think that necessarily means they think he's a bad player. I just think they realize that he's a stat chaser and a stat stuffer and the media kind of falls in love with that. I don't know what you think. Yeah, I can see what you mean by that. Um, I mean, but, like, the fact that, you know, he tied Draymond with the most overrated, I was like, whoa, like, that's that's crazy, man. Like That's where I find it crazy. You know yeah. what? You know what I found crazy is that Draymond wasn't seen as overrated by the players as well. I thought because I, I thought really? players, yeah, I thought players would kind of appreciate that Draymond kind of you know is just a grinded out, tough nosed defensive guy, not really a big stats guy. I, I I don't. I was surprised that they found him overrated. I, I see why. I, I can see. It, I can. I can see him being most hated. <laughs> I'll give you a reason. The reason I feel like Draymond would be considered most overrated and people would hate it in the NBA. For example, let's talk about a guy like like Drew Holiday, right? Drew Holiday well, sits he, there. Well, got the most underrated, right? Yeah, but that's my point. Yeah. Let's talk about a guy like Drew Holiday who hasn't sniffed an All-Star game, who probably if we're going to like if we're going to put Draymond by himself on a team and Drew Holiday by himself on the team, personally I'm more of a Drew Holiday type of guy that might be able to lead a team better. And I feel like Drew Holiday probably feels the same way, yet Draymond gets multiple all-star appearances, gets championship rings, and also is the cocky asshole that acts like, you know, like, oh, I am the three-time champion. So I feel like that's why players find him overrated. Well, I mean, the fact that, yeah, Draymond, uh, yeah, he was a, I think, four or five-time all-star. Yeah. Dude, you're averaging the same amount of, like, Ball. Yeah, he's averaging like seven, seven, and seven. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He played for the Warriors. That's, that's really it. Uh, that's why he's an all-star. Yeah, 
I love I love how he brought you a holiday, man. Like he's definitely one of the most slept on players out there. Hundred percent. Um, the fact that he locked up Dame Lillard last year and uh, won, or he got like named to the first defense uh, all defensive first team, I think, or one of the all defensive teams. Yeah. Like super underrated. Super underrated. Yeah. I I think those are the kind of guys that would hate a Draymond Green. Like, how are you getting all-star appearances and, like, third-team NBA and things like that? <laughs> um, I do want to bring up Magic for a moment before we get to the awards because Magic was my favorite part of last night, the Magic Johnson saga, just because um, I tweeted this out yesterday. and the, I feel like there's only been two instances where a guy has taken a job and just kind of chilled, like, and – at the end realized like wow i'm just chilling like i don't want to do this and that's phil jackson and magic johnson i feel like there's a lot of similarities to this phil jackson saga in new york and now magic in la the only difference is luckily for magic i think lebron james came to la for i would say life purposes over basketball purposes so he got that star um if he for if, if magic didn't get lebron james to sign in la Honestly, the Phil Jackson and Magic Johnson eras in New York and L.A. are kind of the same, where they both kind of were leisure-like. They both were traveling a lot. Both were kind of doing outside things. I mean, what Phil Jackson was like heard was, was talked about being laying and sleeping 13 hours a day like at his beach houses. And Magic Johnson's out here running businesses, going on vacations, like going on Jimmy Kimmel, enjoying life. And I felt like this was very similar, Magic and Phil Jackson. Um, and I, I, I don't know if LeBron really signed because of Magic or if he just signed because he wanted to be in L.A. And that's why I really see these to be similar. I don't, what do you think about that? Hmm. Yeah, so first off, you know, it's, it's yeah, I was still, like, I'm still shocked that Magic was like, you know what, I'm going a, I'm to a quit before <laughs> like, I buy it. I was like, whoa, like, I was, uh, I was, like stuck in LA traffic, uh, so I mean, there was like really nothing else to do in the car, right? Perfect time to get the news. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was checking. I was checking my phone. And my friend texted me. He's like, "Yeah, Magic Johnson just stepped down." I was like, "Like, wait, wait, like, five, what?" And yeah. then so I looked at like, who? Magic Johnson, like Irvin Magic, that yeah. guy. <laughs> yeah, like Irvin Magic Johnson just stepped down. I was like, "What? Like, that's crazy." And uh, I've been watching. I've been watching a lot of Game of Thrones lately just to kind of catch up. Um, great show, by the way. Well, 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 um, and it really seemed like a Game of Thrones thing. Uh, you know, it's like, oh, you know, this dude just left, or you know, this dude just died and like just ran off or something. But like Magic Johnson left, and like I was like, whoa. <laughs> like I mean, I know a lot of uh, the Game of Zones, you know, on Bleacher Report, like you know, that's like heavily talked about in NBA circles. But like this literally felt like a Game of Thrones thing. You know, this whole like saga, you know, with. Um, you know, I think the Lakers just fired their uh, their like head athletic trainer today too. It was like cleaning houses. <laughs> Did they really? <laughs> I, had, I, had, yeah. I had well, I guess I guess what character would you uh, uh, put him as in the Game of Thrones then as Magic Johnson? I mean. I, I've been, you know, I George caught up on every. Season. I've came, caught up on every season. I'm actually on uh, episode, the last episode of s- season seven. I watched that tonight, and I'll be ready for Sunday. So, um, I was he- hesitant to watch the show until now, and I caught up with it in literally twenty days, all seven seasons. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, my my biggest goal, and this is kind of bad, but like, yeah, my my biggest goal is try to catch up. Uh, 
with all seven seasons in a week. And oh, shit. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a tall task to do, but uh, yeah, I started this Sunday, hoping to get to next Sunday just in time, but yeah, currently on season three, though. Currently on season three, so it's it's going okay. It's going okay. <laughs> Yeah, no, uh, it, yeah, but yeah, you're right. It is kind of like a little Game of Thrones ish, and, and you know, maybe we'll find out later on here. You know, in season two of the Los Angeles Lakers, LeBron James, that LeBron James was somewhat behind this reason Magic Johnson got fight, quit, or something like that. And it just kind of complete the whole circle of, you know, <laughs> weird Game of Thrones like NBA Lakers edition. Yeah, for real. Like it just seems like such a you know, even like when Magic was first hired. Um, you know, the fact that uh, Jeannie Buss was like, you know what, we need change, ends up firing her brother, ends up firing Mitch Kupchak, like, and really takes that whole franchise and control, like, that, like, itself was a Game of Thrones thing, too. I know, and then you're taking over the kingdom. And then you got, you know, uh, I guess you can almost say the kingdom of the North with the Clippers actually doing a little bit better right now. And yeah, Steve, and Steve Ballmer. <laughs> Who's it going to be the yeah. king of L.A.? It is like Game of Zones from Leech Report. This is literally like an episode of Game of Zones. Exactly. I'm, I'm pretty sure, like, uh, you know, Bleacher Report will probably talk about this, like, in one of their upcoming episodes. I'm excited for this season, for uh, that series, because that series is amazing with, like, all their references to NBA culture. So funny. I know. It with all, to, like, you know, Game of Thrones. But, you know, really reflecting back on your question, though, um, you know, the fact that Magic Johnson, I think, the reason why Magic Johnson was brought on was, like, the sole purpose of it was just to, like, hire or recruit a um, superstar. And yeah. he, did, he did exactly that. He got LeBron. You he know, did. I think, yeah. He got his the, the prized possession. I mean, of course, the season didn't go as, the, like, the way that he wanted to. But, honestly, I think that was the biggest step for the Lakers as a franchise as a whole. Yeah. Sure they can be just, like, sure, they're dysfunctional right now, but, but the fact that they have LeBron... Is much brighter than you know most other franchises. Yeah, bottom, you know? I, 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 you know, I do want to give him credit for getting LeBron, but at the same time, do can we give him credit for getting LeBron, or was LeBron coming to Los Angeles regardless of who was in charge? That's true. That's true. Um, but I think, I guess he know, didn't fuck it up. At least he didn't fuck it up. Yeah, yeah. At least he didn't like mess things up, and you know, I think the fact that he got, you know, I, I mean, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Like, I don't really know like what LeBron like reasoning was he's probably like i don't know maybe 50 50 maggie johnson just like ended up going to talk to him because he relates they both relate really well as businessmen but also i mean not just basketball players but also businessmen uh, off the court you know um and maybe that's what brought lebron james over the top i don't know exactly what percentage lebron was like you know i'm screw it, i'm leaving cleveland i'm going out west to la mm-hmm. you know i don't know exactly like the percentage but I'm, you know, you got to think that Magic Johnson might have been a little bit part of it, like in terms of convincing mm-hmm. him fully on to come out to LA and play for the Lakers. And if that's a great point, um, what do you think LeBron's thinking now? Do you think, I mean, is is there any possible scenario where LeBron James is not a Los Angeles Laker next year? As crazy as that sounds. No, I feel you. Um, and that's a crazy question to think about. Like, if, if you were to, to tell me this, like, maybe even, like, last year, I'd be like, you have the best player in the league. Why would you trade him? Like, <laughs> yeah, that would that, that seemed, like, crazy. I mean, uh, to, uh, to trade, like, such a name like LeBron. But 
for this year, you know, after everything that's happened, you know, all the drama, you know, I, I still wouldn't trade him just because he's only, that was only his first year. Um, and there are so many factors that contributed to the Lakers missing the playoffs this year. They're all the drama. But you really got to look at injuries. I know injuries may be an excuse, but, you know, for a lot of Laker fans, but, you know, like, you miss literally half your starting rotation, like, for, like, almost 50% of the games. You know, Lonzo Ball has been out since January. You know, I think, the like, the starting five from opening night only play, like, 11 or 12 games together. Like, yeah, it's like barely ten percent of the season. <laughs> yeah, and I, I, I think it's an excuse, but it's also a reason. I, like, I have a very, uh, I have like a fine line between what's a reason and what's an excuse. You know, like because some some excuses actually could be a real reason, right? Some things are actually excuses where like you could have fixed it, but you didn't. But they really couldn't have fixed this option. It, it is that's where. I stick with LeBron. I told George yesterday, I texted him, like, maybe they're going to trade LeBron. Like, maybe this is a blow-up, like, of everything. But you, prob- you probably shouldn't do it because it's LeBron James. He's going to have rest that he's never had before in his career. And maybe it's going to really pay off. Maybe he's going to be next level next year. <laughs> you never know with LeBron. Yeah, and I think for LeBron, honestly, he just needs a break, to be honest. Like, the dude's been in uh, prior to the season – the dude was in eight straight like finals. That takes a toll on your body, especially when you're, you know, 33, 34. Yeah. Um, you know, he played the 2012 Summer Olympics. You know, worked every summer. You know, the dude just needed a break. Like, <laughs> so I mean, it was like kind of a blessing in disguise. I feel like for LeBron. Um, and but you know the Lakers, they still got a bright future. You know, they still got solid role players. You know, just really about getting healthy. And uh, being able to play those 82 games and and more, because um, if they look to play in the playoffs, you know you got to get everybody like healthy on board. Um, and you know, honestly, yeah, it's really about this summer. I think this summer is kind of the biggest one because they got their star in LeBron. Now they just got to get another star to pair with him, and you know we'll see where it goes. Um, but yeah, you know this, this whole Lakers saga crazy man <laughs> it is wild Very Hollywood. excited Very to see what happens though we're only on day one of magic quitting so we'll see what happens coming uh in the near future what i want to do is um for a few moments here uh i want to talk about some nba awards so i'm very interested to hear some of your guys some of your picks of what you have for mvp or defensive player of the year coach year whatever whatever the award you want to talk about um but let's let's start with MVP. I really want to know who do you got for MVP. MVP. All right. So um, we actually, I've, uh, we actually talked about this uh, both my co-host and I on uh, our uh, latest few episodes of uh, Blog Boys Pod. It's kind of a self-promotion. Uh, Go for it. Of self-promotion. Yeah, you know. Of course. Um, yeah, you got to. Podcast <laughs> every week, and yeah, we talked a lot about you know the MVP race, and I actually kind of want to hear your like thoughts on, you know, like how you guys judge the MVP race, because we talked about this on our show. Um, but, you know, we're always, be- I'm always very, I love hearing you, like, perspectives on this. Um, so, be- before I, like, you know, go with my pick, I wanted to ask, which, which do you guys uh, think about, or which is more important in determining the MVP for the season? Do you guys think team success is more, more important, or individual success? 
success. And, you know, this, of course, this year is like kind of the perfect example because Harden and Giannis are exactly kind of those two players. Um, and, yeah, I know, like, you know, Harden, of course, with his more individual success. I mean, he, he got a team success too, but more, more so individual success. But also, you know, when you look at Giannis, he got more of the team success. Um, but, yeah, I wanted to hear both your, your thoughts. Yeah, I um, I go with a small mix, but I lean heavily on the personal success more than just the team success. Um, I, you know, in this type of situation, I start with the personal success. You know, let's compare Giannis and Harden. And then my second step is to go to the teams. Now, if the Rockets were like an eighth seed this year, right? And Giannis is up top at the one seed in the East. I don't even consider anymore. I just automatically would go to Giannis. But I like to take, first of all, the individual success. I put Giannis and Harden, for example, on a platform, right? Like, let's say they're completely equal. And then I go team success, which, or not team success. I go, what are you working with, necessarily? And for me, I see things like Harden having much more injuries to deal with, a much harder conference to deal with, a much harder start to the season to deal with and the recovery he's made and having a lineup that was missing a lot of Eric Gordon, Chris Ball and Clint Capella to me, that plays a bigger factor than just the pure team success. Because what I know is last year when Harden had the, the team healthy, they, they had more than they had more than 60 wins that the Milwaukee's ending with, but this year Harden had a lot less to work with. So I lean towards a Harden because I say individual success might be pretty similar, but who had more or less to work with? And and this is George, and I kind of lean more with the team success in general. I mean, I guess like yeah, the numbers that Harden put up are unbelievable and they're amazing. But it's, I mean, Milwaukee has going to end up with the best record in the league. Giannis is their best player. And I'm not going to forget. I mean, the Rockets started, what, 8-14? and 14? Something like that, yeah. But, yeah, but yeah, that's that's 25% of a season. Like, okay, so Harden maybe had, you know, what, what happened during that 25% of a season? Do I just forgive that whole 25%? Or do I take the season as a whole that Giannis had and the team had and they have the best record. So I lean slightly to Giannis, but that's not going to discredit anything that James Harden's done this year because he has had a fantastic season. And, you know, it, it, this is one of the closest and hardest MVP races to, you know, handicap. Yeah. And I think, yeah, like his MVP race, you know, it's just, it, like both players are absolutely brilliant, you know, to watch this season. And honestly, you can't go wrong with either one. Yeah. Um, yes, because both both have just been crazy good. Like the fact that the Greek freak is only twenty four is still mind boggling. Like him and Anthony Davis are like incredibly like it's like dude like y'all are only twenty five like twenty six you know very young still very young and you're already playing at this level like imagine what they are going to be like at in their primes like ooh like this whole know. like NBA man like they're getting <laughs> younger they're also getting stronger faster. It's crazy, man. It's crazy. I know. It's amazing. It really is. <laughs> Just the amount of athleticism and how young these people are. And they still aren't. You, you know, Giannis can't even shoot yet. <laughs> yeah, imagine Giannis with a jump shot. Like, <laughs> I'm saying like Ben Simmons with a jump shot too. Like, 
I know. I, you know, it's almost like he shouldn't be allowed to have a jump shot because it's game over at that point. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's just like, uh, you know, he had like the physical dominance of like Shaq. And like, if you add like a, you know, shot like Steph Curry or maybe even like a Ray Allen, like, oh, okay, I could like guarding that. Like, ooh. <sighs> I mean, like, I think, I think Harden's like a perfect blend of like, uh, you know, both inside and outside game. You know, because he can shoot from anywhere. Oh, yeah. I mean, not as a high clip, but imagine if he was shooting like that, like, with the amount of three-pointers that he's attempting, like... <laughs> Seriously. Yeah, good luck on that. No, I know. So, I guess, uh, which way do you lean? For me, my MVP pick this year has got to be Harden. You know? Same. Like, I've, I've thought about this a lot, and, you know, like, I've been, like, arguing. It's like, dude, like, you know, both, both teams are, like, or both players are just really good players, like, you know wrong with either one but you know at the end of the day I gotta go with Harden just because if you look at his numbers like I mean hate the man all you want but the fact that this dude dropped like what seven or six um 50 point games on the season and had a few 60 pieces in his belt too and he's like the only player to have like I don't know there's just a lot of stats backing his case you know like the first player to average 37 points per game since MJ in the 80s or like you know the first player to accumulate 28,000 uh, 2800 points and like 500 assists 500 rebounds since MJ and Will or something like that it's just crazy to see man like he's really putting the league on watches like hey this is my MVP to win I'm the reigning MVP for a reason I took a team from the seller in the beginning of the season to a top three seed, like that's incredible. No, absolutely. Like you still got to give credit to Giannis though too. Giannis has been incredible as well this season. You know, like the fact that again he's twenty four and he's averaging twenty five, like eight and eight or something. Like that's unheard of too. No, I know. That's why I had so much trouble with this. I, I, I can't fault anyone for going either way on this MVP race, and I'm not the biggest James Harden fan. I. I, I actually like as good as his stats are, and I know as good as a basketball player I know he is. I can't stand watching him play. I just the whole ISO dribbling balls just not my thing. But it doesn't mean he's, he's obviously a great, great player. And I, I you can't go wrong either way. I, the nineteen eighty seven MVP when Jordan averaged thirty seven points a game. Did he win the MVP that year or did Larry Bird? I'm trying to remember. Uh. That that year that he averaged thirty seven, he might have. I'm, I'm gonna look that up. Yeah, it was it was eighty seven, right? Magic Johnson won the MVP in eighty seven. I think maybe it's eighty seven, eighty eight. Nineteen eighty eight, Jordan won the MVP. So that must have been yeah, eighty eight. He won the MVP. So that must have been the season where he averaged that, right? I'm looking right now. No, in eighty eight, Jordan averaged thirty five. So he did not win the MVP in eighty seven when he got the uh, thirty seven. <laughs> yeah, I know. Have you dropped like nearly forty points per game, and you don't get an MVP? Like, it, it might happen again this season. I, I actually think, I don't know. It's gonna be interesting. I think we're gonna have one of the closest MVP um, voting we've had ever. I, it could, it could literally be a vote separating those two. I, I thought about it for so long before I, like, made my decision because they're both just unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Honestly, you can't go again. You can't go wrong with either one of them. 
know, just exactly. the fact that he had, you know, Giannis is this, of course, more successful team, but he's also putting up stats for that team. Harden, you know, top three, not, not the number one seed in the conference, but still very solid team, top three seed. And all those numbers, man, like, <laughs> it's just incredible to watch Harden. Like, and, you know, again, I, I totally understand the hate for uh, James Harden, but you got to acknowledge that what he's doing is special. Oh, it's so um, special. Like, like, <laughs> I mean, I used to be a Harden hater, but, like, after watching him this season, I was like, dude, like, you really got to acknowledge and appreciate the greatness that you see before it's too late. Yeah, no, I agree yeah. with that. But can you at least can, can some, at least have someone agree with me here that it is an eyesore to watch him dribble for, for like 20 I like minutes. watching it. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. I, <laughs> Trying to draw fouls and... Yeah, it, it is. It can be an eyesore. Yeah, that, that's all I'm saying. It doesn't mean he's not great. I just can't watch it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I find I it interesting. Fans and they're like, you know, like, they, they, like, I understand why they don't, like, really see it as an eyesore. But I'm like, you watch this literally every game. Like, all the same things. Like, you know, I don't know how y'all do it, but. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. You know, I, I, I honestly. Watch some bad Lakers <laughs> I think if you can enjoy Steph Curry, I don't understand why you can't enjoy James Harden. They they kind of make the same wild difficulty of shots. Um, they both make wild plays, wild difficulty of shots, and both do some stupid things on the court, shoot some stupid shots. I feel like their game is much more similar than we, we try to uh, say. Kyrie Irving and James Harden, I find it pretty similar as well. And I just don't see why those guys don't get as much hate. Kyrie's dribble, 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 couple spin moves, dribble, dribble, put up a shot. And I feel like it's kind of similar. But yet, Harden averages more assists, averages more, uh, averages more rebounds, goes to the hole more. But I think is more aggressive. I, I think his usage rate is by far the most in the league. Like, it's, like I know we can compare the style, but listen, if you just compare usage rate. I don't think it's anywhere near anyone's near James Harden. I think James Harden is like one of the highest like usage rates of all time or something. Like him and Russell Westbrook, like when Russ won the MVP, I think they had like two of the highest ones, or I think yeah, the two highest, something like that. He's at like forty percent usage rate. <laughs> yeah, the next highest star is Joel Embiid at thirty-two. There's some other guys that have played like three, four games that have higher usage rates, but that those don't count. Um, <laughs> but it's like James Harden's almost 10% higher than any other starter in the NBA. Giannis is up there at 31% though too. But uh, I love James Harden. I think it's fun to watch personally because I feel like it's something we don't see often. I kind of just enjoy those kind of players, the the, the – I don't know, the style that we don't see often. That's why I like watching Westbrook. I like watching Kyrie. I like watching Curry. I think they're all um, unique in their own ways. But I got to go with Harden. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right. We're we're almost out of time here. We got to get going. But do you have any other picks? I just want to hear for Defensive Player of the Year or Rookie of the Year. Just throw out some of your picks if you're interested in uh, throwing them out. Yep. I feel like most people are, we have kind of these picks as well. But um, defensive play of the year, got to go with Paul George. Dude's just been on a monster tear. You know, the fact that he's in the MVP conversation 
but he's also in Defensive Player of the Year conversation. Like, you got to give it to him. But you also can't sleep on uh, one guy, uh, Miles Turner. Miles Turner, yeah. like, he has been, like, the uh, absolute center of that Pacers defense, which is why they're top four. I think, yeah, top, top four, top five in the Eastern Conference, especially since Oladipo went down. That whole team's defense is crazy, man. But having Miles Turner in the center and the anchor of it, like the fact that he's leading the league in blocks, and he has more blocks himself than I think the entire Cavs roster. Like that's mind-boggling. <laughs> um, you know, so you got to give him some credit. Uh, I don't think he wins it this year, but got to give it to Paul George, um, Rookie of the Year. Got to give it to Luca. I mean, the dude just racked up his eighth triple double of the season. I think that's the most since Ben Simmons last year. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I mean, also watching the Mavericks. I mean, they had a good run for much of it, and then they just started tanking, I think, after the All-Star break or, or around that time. You know, it was kind of sad. But I would have loved to see Luka in the playoffs, but, you know, rookie of the year, got to give it to Luka, but can't sleep on Trey Young, too. Um, I think he's a pretty close second on that one. And then uh, for coach of the year, got to give it to Mike Budenholzer. Um, you know, the, what what he's, what he's done to kind of transform the whole Bucks organization into, from, like, you know, I think they were like the eighth seed last year, uh, and you know they didn't win a playoff game since 2003. Now they, the fact that they won 60 games in the season and are the number one seed, and you know have the potential of winning their first playoff series since you know a long time. <laughs> since whenever it was, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's incredible. So I think yeah, Buden Holzer gets um, the pick for that one. Um, but yeah, I wanted to hear what you guys have, who you guys have for all these other awards. All right, I'm gonna power, I'm gonna power through mine really quick, and uh, me and George are gonna be discussing them on a later podcast here. Um, but I'm gonna go. I have James Harden MVP. I have Trey Young and Luca as co-rookie, just like back in the day. We're uh, gonna have to do some vote fixing. Yeah, here. we gotta get. Uh, we're gonna. I I want it to happen. I don't think it will. But realistically, I would go with Luca. I just think. Same. It's it's like if there was a first half and second half award, they would split, right? I feel like Luca would get the first yeah. half rookie of the year, Trey would get second. Um, defensive player of the year, I'm going Giannis. I have an interesting feeling that I think a lot of voters that are voting for James Harden for MVP are going to vote Giannis um, for defensive player of the year. I feel like he's slightly a dark horse. I think in Vegas he is a little bit of a dark horse defensive player of the year. I just feel like if he doesn't win MVP, voters are going to try to give him something. So I'm going there. Um, Lou Williams, sixth man. I think everybody has that, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's, <laughs> yeah. Um, and I went, I went most, I did a most improved Pascal Siakam. Yeah. They, I think everyone, I think everyone has that too. I, I, will he be the first ever un, unanimous most improved yeah. player of a year? What was that? I think maybe even a D'Angelo. D'Angelo Russell could be. Yeah, D'Angelo could too. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that could be a close one. And then coach of the year, um, I'm going Nate McMillan to lose uh, Victor Oladipo they win the way they did and then stick around as a 4-5 seed for the entire season. I mean, most casual NBA fans, you know, obviously you could talk about the Miles Turners and the Sabonises and Bogdanovich and all that, but most casual NBA fans that don't watch, you know, every single highlight, every single game, might not be able to name a player on the Pacers, like a very casual fan. And for them to stick around that 4-5 or five seed, I think Nate McMillan is the coach of the year. That, that's very interesting. 
Well, I so what I got, I have um, MVP Giannis, Rookie of the Year Luca. You know, I, I I was I was pretty surprised. You know, Luca and Trey Young. I know Trey Young has way more three pointers attempted, but Luca and him have a identical three point percentage. So you know, I know everyone want to talk about Trey Young's three point shooting. Like is like it's, you know, way, might maybe be better than Luca, but it's it's identical. Um, but I do, you know, th- that's not taking away anything from Trey. I mean, he's had a great second half of the year, and he's a great, you know, great rookie. Uh, defensive player of the year, I'm going with you, man. Same, uh, Paul George. Sixth man of the year, Lou Williams. Coach of the year, Mike Budenholzer. Most improved, uh, Pascal Siakam and MVP Giannis. Um, you know, it's, I, it seems like me and you, Arthur, I'm almost identical people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I feel like most NBA fans, you know, kind of like alike with uh, most of our picks too so yeah again can't go wrong with any no one. absolutely um, and you know i, I was t- i always have been like kind of a big advocate on this but i think they needed to do something different with the defensive player of a year award award and have a interior defensive player of a year and in wing player of a year because then my interior uh is rudy gobert and then my exterior i guess is paul george that's kind of interesting yeah proposal Yeah, exactly. Both or both it's, it's should happen, in my opinion. Yeah, because I mean, they have a defensive player. I mean, MVP is basically offensive player, yes. But you know, there's so much more when you look at MVP rather than just offense. You know, exactly. But but James Harden would probably be taking that every year. Let's be real. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hundred percent right. Especially right now. Well, well, we got to get going here, but we want to say thank you. First and foremost, Arthur. Yeah, thank um, you, Arthur. We appreciate it, and uh, we'll definitely do this again soon. What I want is uh, uh, go ahead, plug your podcast, plug whatever you want to plug, uh, your Instagram, Twitter. Uh, just go ahead and plug them just so people know where to find you. Uh, again, uh, yeah, appreciate you guys, uh, Sam and uh, George, um, for having me on the podcast. You know, really big fan of uh, what you guys are doing, you know, talking to producing a lot of heat you know in terms of uh you know just content with nba talk nfl talk baseball talk i mean your your mariners are doing well finally finally man it's about <laughs> time Which surprisingly 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 yeah. but uh you know you got y'all, y'all are doing some great work out there um but yeah uh you guys can follow me at bark arthur s-p-a-r-k arthur a-r-t-h-u-r um on instagram um, also on Twitter at Arthur Poo, A R T H U R P U U. So yeah, you know if you guys got any hot takes, want to talk sports, yeah, feel free to message me uh, at me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let's talk. And uh, yeah, again, Sam, George, appreciate you guys. And uh, yeah, NBA playoffs, man. Absolutely. I'm excited for it. It's exciting. And don't forget to check out Arthur's podcast, uh, the Blog Boys podcast. You can find that on iTunes, right? Awesome. Yep, and uh, we'll definitely have you back on here during NBA playoffs. We'll try to find a good time. I'm I'm good. I'm excited for it. Um, And 
yeah, it's a great time to be a sports fan, that's for sure right now. NBA playoffs coming up, MLB on the start season, you know. So it's, it's great, man. It's great to be a time. Yeah, great time to be a sports fan for sure. It's an awesome time. Awesome, Arthur. Thanks, uh, and we'll uh, we'll definitely chat soon. I appreciate you guys. Have a good one. You, you too. too. Thank you. All right, and um, George, What's up, my that man? was Spark Arthur, guys. Uh, a great time talking NBA. I love the NBA. We got our awards out um, quickly before we go because uh, I think we were talking about Friday. We're going to do a a podcast on uh, the NBA playoffs preview. Mm-hmm. Let's quickly just discuss our first, second, and third teams. I want to know who you have. Um, compare and contrast for a moment. And uh, then we will get going and we'll be on to the playoff talk on Friday. Sounds good to me. Um, how do you want to do this? Should we just start with the third teams and then work our way up to the first team? Yeah. Cool. Uh, let's just each one of us give our third team. I got my third team All-NBA. I got my guard, uh, Kemba Walker, Russell Westbrook. And my forwards, Blake Griffin, my center, Rudy Gobert, and I did this on purpose, and LeBron James. He has to make it. I mean, I, it was hard. I didn't want to – honestly, almost didn't want to put him on, but you kind of have to. Yeah, I, I have the exact same outside of the Westbrook. I have uh, Kyrie there instead. I have uh, Kyrie, Kemba, LeBron, Griffin, and Gobert. Um I almost feel bad that Gobert's, you know, wasn't an all-star. He's a third-teamer. He's probably one of the better players in the NBA here. Griffin has led, you know, Detroit back to some some good basketball, actually. Kemba, of course, you know, fighting for the playoff spot with Blake Griffin, but he's just, he has an awful team around him. Kyrie, honestly, if team success was a little better, I'd have him probably on a second team. Mm-hmm. Could be even a first team if you look at his stats. Um, but the guy... I feel like he was part of the problem and the drama. And then, of course, LeBron. You look at his numbers when he played and the way they started this year before he got hurt. He is a third-teamer, and there's not really, like you said, anybody else that fits on that list. Yeah, I mean, I looked for so long is like for an excuse to find someone else. Not because I don't like LeBron. Like there's not. It's just not an all-NBA like, year. Yeah, it wasn't an all-NBA year. But you know what? Was LeBron James one of the 15 best players in the NBA this year? Fuck yeah. Yeah. Probably was. <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, you go ahead and get second team, and then I'll give you Second mine. team, I got Embiid at the center position. Um, I have Paul George and Kawhi at the uh, forward positions, and Curry and Westbrook at the guards. Um, most of these don't need explaining. I think Embiid and Jokic, between a lot of people, were first or second mm-hmm. team. Um, Paul George and Kawhi, the reason I have them is they're two of the best um Two of the best three two-way players, I think, in the NBA. Uh, but both Paul George had a little bit of a down from an injury, and Kawhi missed a lot of games for injury, so they kind of fell to second team. The reason I have Curry falling to second team. That's, this is where I, uh, I'm interested to know. It, it's, it has to do with the team that's around him, and it kind of hurts players sometimes. There's players like Damian Lillard, who last year made first team also. Mm-hmm. Um does more does 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 a lot with a lot less um i have trouble a lot of the times putting two guys from the same team on first team and which which makes sense but because that it's based off of how all nba works it's not based off of pure talent and skill if we're going pure talent and skill guess who's first team lebron james right right he's above kd but that's not how i how i judge for a second team um for me if you look at the guard position, uh, Curry has p- 
probably the best player in the NBA on his team, which for me knocks you down a little bit. No, I, I, absolutely. Um, but can you repeat your center one more time? Did you have Embiid, Embiid as your center? Okay, I have um, guards, Kareem Harden, forwards. No, no sorry, yes. sorry, that's my second team. Damian Lillard, Kyrie Irving. Yep. Paul George, Kawhi Leonard, and my center, Jokic. Jokic. So, I mean, okay. and, and all for the same reasons we both do. And it's, you know, with these, there's no right or wrong answers. These are just who you think are like the five, you know, the most impactful players left on your first team. Yeah, you and, go ahead with your first team. Well, for me, uh, one thing I wanted to say is I know you have Jokic there on second team. Kind of the same reason I have Curry on second team mm-hmm. is why I have Jokic on first team. Because mm-hmm. Jokic led the Nuggets with less talent to the two seed in the West, while an Embiid has Ben Simmons, Jimmy Butler, Tobias Harris, J.J. Redick. Yep. So he kind of falls onto my second team, although he might be a little better than Jokic. Yep. Just he has potentially three other, four other All-Stars on his team. It was hard for me to put him above Jokic, who has nobody that even sniffed an All-Star appearance in leading him to second in the West, while Philadelphia is fourth in the East, I believe, or third in the East, with almost five potential All-Stars. Um, and that's kind of where I had Curry falling a little bit, unfortunately. Do I think Curry's better than Damian Lillard? Yes, but I have Lillard, Harden, KD, Giannis, and Jokic on my first team. I don't think I have to explain Giannis, KD, or Jokic, or Harden. The Lillard, um, Lillard to me is one of the most underrated players in the NBA, and just he does so much with not as much on his team all the time, and it's really quiet up there in Portland. So I just thought he deserved another first team appearance, um, but that's not a shot at Curry because I think Curry is. Still a top three player in the NBA. Yeah, no, d- definitely. I mean, I, I get your logic. I, I just I look at the things. Uh, I guess the first team a little bit differently, just because. I mean, there's probably been times where, like back in the day, where Scottie Pippen and Michael Jordan both deserve to be on the first team. That that's just the way I look at it. There's different ways to look. It at It doesn't happen people. often. Though. Yeah. Um. All right, Mike. Should I go first on the first team? Yeah. All right, first team. Um. I obviously got, you know, who's left. Guards, Steph Curry and James Harden. Uh, I think they've been the two best guards in the league this year. My forwards, Giannis, who I think might be, the, in my opinion, is the MVP. And Kevin Durant, who in my opinion is probably the best or most talented player in the world at this moment. And my center, Embiid. But you said something which kind of, you know, it's not not regretting my decision on Embiid, but kind of... I'd say you're helping me sway to Jokic's side a little bit is, yeah, with a team full of all-stars, the, the Sixers didn't even have as much success as the Nuggets with a team where Jokic is the only all-star. Yeah. So I'm going to make an amendment. I'm going to actually move Embiid off my first team and put Jokic on my first team and move Embiid to my second team. Just because what you said made, made so much sense there, actually. Because really, this was Jokic's team. And Embiid, Embiid's a better player. And they're two seed in the West. And they're two, but they're a two seed in the harder Western Conference. So I'm going to go with... I, I'm, I'm making an amendment. And you know how hard it is for me to make amendments. Oh, yeah. We're making an amendment here. My first team center is now Jokic. Also, I did want to say something about um, third team before we move on here. Um, the Gobert was a really close tie for me with Carl Anthony Towns. Me too. Carl um, Anthony Towns, though, team success kind of hurts it a little bit, even though, you know, I, I don't like the, the problem I had yeah, with Gobert what, what, there. Do, do they put, do they put Carl, is he, Carl Anthony Towns yes, qualify as a forward? He's a center. So he's a center. Okay. Um, 
But he has that $30 million bonus if he's on the third team. So it's like a voter. I feel like I would put him on the third team. Oh, so you, so you just don't want him to get his bonus. I no, see I, I, my thing is the problem with having Gobert on there for me, the only slight thing I have here is Gobert's not the best player on his team. True. It's, you, you, you so it's kind of a weird thing with the center forward. They thing should get rid of the center forward. Yeah. Thing. You should just be three forwards. Three, yeah, like three bigs and two wings, or two bigs, two wings, and a flex. Pit, take your pick. Yeah, like I it's like a big that. wing. Um, all right, episode five twenty seven. That's all we got for today, right? Friday Beautiful. we're going to be hitting up some uh, NBA playoff talk. Yeah, we'll have all the uh, matchups ready for then. There's, you know, for being the last night of a regular season. There's a lot of movement that can be done with matchups. Not, I mean, everyone who's in. Well, I guess the only difference is if the Hornets, if the Knicks win today, and the Hornets win, the Hornets are in. I don't know. Who, I think the Knicks are playing the Pistons, right? Yes, probably why. That's probably why. Yeah. If the Pistons win, they're in. If, if, yeah, because they have a better record. But yeah, but if the Hornets <laughs> lose and the Pistons lose, they're also in. Yeah, yeah, they have a better record. Um, exciting times though, Absolutely. and uh, thank you to Dirk and Dwayne Wade on this. Cool career. That's it. That's uh, that it. was, was kind of cool, man. Getting old. Yep. And uh, Bam and me. Episode five twenty seven. Brought to you by Sant Sports. This is Sports on Tap. Um, you can find us on iTunes and SoundCloud. Just type in that being said podcast or type in Sant Sports S O N T Sports. Uh, don't forget to find me on Twitter at Georgeur Sammy J A R J O U R S A M I and at G Georgeur G J A R J O U R for George. Um, you can find. Our podcast is social media at pod that on Twitter and at that being said pod on Instagram. Um, and I, I just want to give another really quick shout out to Spark Arthur, man. Uh, Arthur Pooh. He, he great way to bring the heat on the podcast today. That was great. Uh, you know, go give him a follow. He was a lot of fun. He's killing it on Instagram. He's, a, he's almost at 15,000. So go help him out. Um, and uh, we appreciate you guys. And uh, we'll talk to you guys on Friday. George. What's up, my man? This is Sports on Tap, and this is Sports Radio. Redefined. Peace. Of course, the Lexus Golden Opportunity Sales Event is about exceptional offers, but it's also about advanced technology and a system designed to alert you, coming together at the perfect moment. Lease the 2019 ES350 for $379 a month for 36 months, and we'll make your first month's payment. Experience amazing at your Washington area Lexus dealer. Call 1-800-USA-LEXUS for important lease offer and pricing details that all customers will qualify. Offer valid in the Lexus Eastern area only and in September 3rd, 2019. It's cutting into your exercise time. It's stabbing you in the back nine. And it's attacking your peace of mind. It's pain, and it's getting in between you and the life you want to live. CBD Medic targets your pain at its source. It's fast-acting relief with active OTC ingredients, plus the added benefits of THC-free hemp oil. Get back to your life with CBD Medic, available online and at CVS. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease.